Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader. Thank you for tuning in another time for another episode. And welcome to the show. Today, you will hear my conversation with Lyubov Machalova. She is the CEO of EASE, which is European Association of Software Engineering. It's a Ukraine-based association with uh, residents both from Ukraine and Europe, as well other European countries, as we'll hear in the conversation. And I think it's a very, potentially very disrupting conversation because we are discussing some maybe unpopular topics, but um, I hope you'll stay with us with that, even if you feel some discomfort, irritation or whatever it could be, just so that um, we grow together. And as always, we are more than open to feedback uh, as long as it's cons- constructive and respectful. So if you disagree with anything, please let us know and let's let's have a dialogue because we can learn from each other and we can become wiser, stronger together. That's the only way of doing it. So in this conversation, you will hear about the importance of communication, both in peaceful times and during the war. You will also hear us talking about the choice of helping. And generally, a lot of different aspects of self-leadership that I'm so passionate about. And I'm really appreciative of Lubov's examples and her sharing of how that applies to her life, how she sees war and uh, different actions of both Ukrainians and international society and communities through this lens of choice, of helping, of choice of ownership and so on. So please listen to that really carefully. I think it's a very valuable part of the conversation. We're discussing looking at different opinions and listening to each other and how we can grow through that, but how uncomfortable it could also be. And another very valuable for me part was about the sense of responsibility, ownership, and how every choice in life has trade-offs, has uh, have price to it and how important for us uh, is for us to accept that fact and what can we do with that how we can actually practice and exercise the sense of ownership and look at the trade-offs and find something good about whichever situation it is we're also talking about one of the expertise areas of uh, which is pr and how startups can use PR and why they should do it and what it can help with. And um, spoiler, it's actually one of the possible solutions to the biggest uh, challenge that the tech, the tech and IT industries are having at the moment. We also talk about the Ministry of Digital Transformation of Ukraine. Yes, there is a thing like that. And we're talking about how EASE are collaborating with the ministry and uh, what it is Lubov's experiences with the ministry and their work. And we also talk about this era of human brand or personal brand and how business is human to human right now, no matter your business model, whether it's business to customer or business to or business to consumer or business to business, it's in the end human to human. People buy from people. It 
might sound cliche, it might be overused at the moment, but that's how reality is. And if you are a business owner, or even if you just want to work on your personal brand while you're an employee in a company, it's important to understand that you really need to build your own brand. And we're discussing on how to do it and how there are different ways of doing it. There is no no right or wrong, or there's one right way of doing it. You need to find your own way. And we're giving a couple of examples of how that could look like. And lastly, my interpretation of what Slipo was talking about is how important it is to take time to live your life, even in time of war, even when you're in Ukraine, when there are bombings around. How And she's given her example of how she's used this past three months to live her life and to actually stop postponing it and waiting for some other time. So another very deep conversation with several alleys that we take, several topics that we cover. Please let me know what you think about this series in general and this particular interview in, um, in particular. As you know, I'm very grateful for your time, your attention, for you listening, for you being a part of this community. Let's keep spreading the good in this world. Let's keep help each other grow. Let's uh, be responsible for each other's success and uh, have the sense of ownership and remember that we are the ones who decide our destiny. Circumstances is something that's out of our control, but our reactions to those circumstances is what defines us and our destiny, and that is up to us. Listen to this conversation to see an example of that by Lubov. See you on the other side. Hi, everyone, dear Genius Leaders, watching live or tuning in in the recording. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today, I'm again uh, joined by a guest uh, for the series of our stories of Voices of Ukraine, live, living and leading in uh, the wartime. And uh, I just want to emphasize yet again that these stories are partly for you to deepen your understanding of what is going on in Ukraine right now, how are people living and getting through but partly it's also for you as a leader, where in whichever situation, whichever context you are in your life and work, to learn something from these crisis situations that Ukrainians are going through. Because there are a lot of valuable lessons there that you can learn and apply in your life, even if you don't have the crisis situations like war in your home country. Today, I'm going to talk to Libov Machalova. She is the CEO of EASE, a European Association of Software Engineering. And it's a Ukrainian-based um, organization or association, and we'll be talking more about what it is, uh, what what it was before the 24th of February, and what you guys are doing now since the uh, full-scale invasion. So, yeah. Libov, welcome hi, to the hi, show. Hi, hi, everyone. So, so nice to see you, to hear you. Hi. It's, it's great to, to have this um, opportunity to join from, from different places and especially with Ukraine with the internet connection nowadays that people are a bit surprised sometimes. They're like, what? You, you actually work online from the basements or like, can you do an interview un undisrupted and so on? And, and we're like, yeah. Welcome, welcome to 2022. This is not a caveman country. It's not a medieval town or medieval uh, county. We uh, we are highly digitized uh, society and nation, and um, very yeah. It's it's a very different time of of uh, living in the world. Yes, that's true. Uh, speaking about uh, Ukrainians, yes, we're really strong guys, uh, and um, uh, yes, we're a digital nation. It's everybody. 
uh, here in uh, the world because we have the third year of something happening all the time and some challenges. And these challenges only uh, getting worse and stronger. And so we are getting stronger too. Uh, someone, yes, uh, we're working from the basements, um, in the sirens and so on. Someone is uh, like me. Uh, just uh, relocated to the uh, west of Ukraine uh, to more safe uh, space. Uh, I am from the west of Ukraine, and um, for example, for me, it was uh, okay just to come back to my parents because it was really hard for guys who were not from the west of Ukraine to find uh, flats or houses here to live because everybody in the first uh, days of war just uh, relocated in one moment here and to these small cities like Chernobyl. Uh, Ivana Frankivsk, they were shocked from this amount of people, you know. So, so I, I was I was okay because I had to work to it. Mm, yeah, and it's actually um, it was interesting to observe it or uh, the gratitude that people who have relocated to the western uh, cities in Ukraine how how they were uh, accepted by the locals, how they were um, helped and supported in in these times. Um, everyone has gone extra 10 miles, not even an extra mile. And of course, that's within Ukraine, but also the neighboring countries like Poland who have accepted millions of Ukrainian refugees and everyone whom, uh, like someone would know in Poland, everyone was accepting or volunteering on the borders, driving people between the border and, and the hosts and whatever. And it's just amazing to see what we as society can do in these times. And it's a twofold feeling for me. I know how about you, you both. It's, it's amazing to see it, but at the same time, I'm like, do we need... A crisis like this, uh, a war with an independent country being attacked by a neighboring aggressor to actually unite this way? Or can we do it in peaceful times? Can we do it just just because we can? How is your reflection of that? Have you ever thought about that in the past three months? Uh, yes, I had. And, uh, you know, in the first um, days of uh, war, uh, of course, we all were shocked. And uh, there were a lot of posts in the social media. There were a lot of talking about, oh, uh, we didn't uh, evaluate it, uh, our life before the war. We didn't know what great country we live in. We didn't know what great Kiev uh, or other city we live in. Oh, I had such a great life. Oh, I was so happy. I didn't appreciate it uh, enough. For me, I did. I always appreciated my life enough. And I really like uh, Kiev. This is the love of my life. You know, I love this country. I had a lot of opportunities to live somewhere abroad, but I really stayed always here, even if, uh, even when I uh, had some uh, different proposals of work or of uh, engagements uh, or some orders or Something else, I always stayed here. So uh, it was weird for me when somebody said, oh, did we really needed uh, this challenge to realize what a great country we live in, what a great people we have here. I always realized uh, this. So uh, I'm uh, totally sure that we didn't uh, need it, <laughs> this uh, challenge. Uh, moreover, uh, for me, I don't understand how uh, living in intelligence uh, society in uh, 2022 uh, we have this uh, this this uh, shocking situation, this war, this um, invasion of other country, independent country. I don't understand how it can happen. Uh, it's not uh, for me. Um, I, I, I don't agree with the guys who say, "Oh, why world uh, don't help us so much? Yeah, they have to give us armor, they have to give us money." They don't have 
to give us anything, actually. It's very good that they help. It's really a uh, big appreciation for the world that uh, they really want to get it all to the peak to peace and so on. But uh, I think that every country has its own responsibility and uh, has its own, must have its own plan what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, some uh, countries are bigger, some are smaller. As we have now a situation that a very different size countries are in the world, yes. So it's very big appreciation to the world that helps us. But uh, as for me, it's my own thought that uh, they don't have to do it. Okay, so mm-hmm. not, nobody has uh, something uh, something to do for for another country. Uh, speaking about um, countries like Germany, Poland, uh, Portugal, Spain, uh, Italy, the whole Europe, uh, the whole America, and the whole world actually, uh, who accepted our refugees, uh, it's a big uh, also. I think it's a big challenge for this country, and I'm sure that we appreciate all our nation, appreciate it a lot, really, because they had to change uh, their lifestyle, they had to change maybe their uh, orders uh, in in, uh, their country to to accept these people, because they had to change a lot of their lives to accept these people. Somebody were accepting uh, refugees from Ukraine in their houses, in their small flats, in their, you know, like, and uh, had to divide uh, one room with these refugees from Ukraine. So big appreciation for the people. And uh, speaking about the west of Ukraine, it's the same. Here, really, I can uh, speak for my native city, uh, where I was born. Uh, here, uh, guys are really very uh, welcome. And uh, it was really warm. Here, uh, the city is very small. And uh, in the first uh, days, when thousands and thousands of refugees from Kharkiv, Kiev, and uh, Eastern cities of Ukraine came here. Um, a native uh, here, Ternovsky, people were shocked, you know, <laughs> but uh, they handled it. Uh, only one thing I uh, didn't like about uh, native uh, citizens of um, Western cities, that uh, in the first days when uh, different refugees came here, especially men, especially IT specialists, they said, uh, why are you come here to have a rest? When my husband, for example, is there and uh, he is on the work. And it was really big problem to explain to these people that not everybody has to go uh, with the armor to the war. Because someone also has to um, build the economic of this country. And, you know, uh, as we say, uh, for one um, soldier... You have to have uh, like uh, 14 men working for the soldier and paying taxes for him, you know. So mm. uh, at the uh, first time, um, in the first few weeks, uh, there was lack of communication, uh, what I saw as a care manager, yes. Um, it was lack of communication with people from the government, from mm. the business, from IT business. And uh, that's why uh, when people in stress and when have they lack uh, of communication, they start to have different, their own thoughts, you know, uh, which yeah. are not always right. So this is the, the situation. <laughs> you tapped into so many interesting things that we'll just do, dive deeper now. First of all, you talked about your attitude to life and to valuing things before the crisis hits or before you lose it. And this is a, a great example of self-leadership. It's something that I teach my clients in the mind-shifting process of, of ours to really appreciate the things that you have. 
and to learn to appreciate the tiniest things and to never take anything for granted. And you talked about it on a personal level for yourself, like loving Kiev, for example, and appreciating what you have. But also you went into on to national level, right? They're talking about that uh, other nations don't really owe us anything. And so there is so much of this narrative that we are standing now for European values and we're protecting Europe, which in fact is true. But in the, in the same time, we're the first ones to, to take the hit and they have to step in when the war starts happening on, on their land. So it is very unpopular maybe opinion nowadays, but I agree with you from the self-leadership and leadership perspective that it's better and it's healthier to see that way, that no one owes us anything. And of course, I'm not a political scientist, you know, maybe from the regulation part and from the uh, some international agreements point of view, uh, other countries owe us something and they are supposed to, to help us. But I think on a personal level, it's very helpful to have this approach to life that it's a choice. It's a choice of those countries on the governmental level or on a personal level of the citizens of, the, of those countries to support us right now because they can maybe ref- resonate with what we are going through. They are they are grateful for what we are standing for and we're fighting for and how we do it. And they don't want to be part of that. So thank you for this example, both. I think it's very valuable to have this conversation. Yes, thank you. And uh, I think it's always, if we speak about one person or, for example, about one leader, yes, or, or we speak about the company or we speak about the government of one country, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's always uh, the question of own responsibility, you know. And uh, I will say now the unpopular opinion, maybe, maybe I will uh, have some hate for this or something, but I will, will say this. I think that we have uh, this war as the result of our own, cho- own choices in the past, you know. If we chose uh, not appropriate government, if we chose not appropriate presidents, I'm not talking about the politics now, and I don't want this. I'm not sure the expert in politics, but I'm sure that you always have the result and you always have the, uh, the cause and the result, you know? So uh, if we chose not appropriate governments that uh, was leading our country not in an appropriate way last, uh, I mean, in the past, so now we have the result. It's never coming something from just, just like this, you know? You always have things, something causes something. Yeah, you do something in the past, you have this in uh, nowadays. You do something nowadays, you have something or some results in the future. So it's always about your own responsibility as the country, as the government, as each person. So that's my opinion. I agree with you that it's an unpopular one, but I think it's very important to show it. And I'm I'm grateful that you're voicing them. And and this is part of why I do this podcast. I want to bring different opinions. And as as long as we are respectfully listening to each other and trying to understand. Uh, And then in the pre-chat, I just told you about when I arrived to Sweden, when I moved to Sweden from Ukraine in 2010, uh, I stayed with a with a friend of a friend uh, who hosted me but, until I found a student accommodation. And uh, we're walking in the city and I saw a girl with a summer dress with uh, Converse uh, shoes. And I was like, ew, like summer dress with a Converse shoes? Like, what the hell? And he was like, Anna, take the blinds off. And that's those blinds he meant that the mm-hmm, horses mm-hmm. have, the race horses yeah. have to focus on that on the track. Yeah. And that phrase, it hurt in that moment, but I've used it so much since then. Whenever I would judge someone or something, whenever I would not understand something, I would be like, okay, the blinds, Anna, 
take them off? <laughs> what does it mean? Where would it make sense? How would it make sense? Where can it come from? Where is the value in this? And that's that's what I want to keep bringing to the show. There's some, some opinions that's that if, if you're listening to this and you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Think about <laughs> it. In which reality can this make sense? Try it. Yeah. Really try it. Yeah, so now look, a few years passed and we all uh, wear like dresses and converse here in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely normal. Like, right? It, yeah. It's not a pressure anymore to wear high heels and, and on, on huge, like horrible roads or something. <laughs> I always think about it in those medieval towns here with like, um, with the cobblestone streets. And I'm like, oh, this would never work with the, with the heels. And, and we used to like, yes. have this pressure from the society to wear heels. Yes. So yeah, it, it, the trends are changing and it comes from someone questioning, like, would it make sense? Can I try it? Can I, can I actually survive <laughs> wearing Converse with the dresses and stuff like yeah, that? Sometimes, sometimes we have to look at this opinion. Just, okay, you don't understand it. You don't take it. Don't take it. Okay, but just look at this. Mm. Just look at it and just try to understand Maybe a few days pass and you will think the same. Mm, it's yeah. happening sometimes. And it doesn't mean that one has to be wrong and the other one right. It's not about that. It's about finding mm -hmm. the truth in each other's. And this is, uh, you as the communication expert probably know it so much. Yeah. It's really about finding the common ground and, and talking yeah. each other's language for a better understanding of each other. Mm -hmm. There is such a term, you know, uh, everybody has its, his own reality, his own universe. Okay. So uh, I have my own opinion. This is my universe, but I can share some some piece of it with you. If you want to accept mm -hmm. this, okay, we can share. You have your own reality, yes? You can share it with me. It can be unreal for me, but if I'll try to look at it, yes, if I'll try to find something more about your reality, we can make the connection. If not, then it is impossible. Yeah. So this was one of the things that uh, resonated with me with from what you talked about with the self-leadership and really taking the path of choosing gratitude and seeing that no one ha owes you anything. And yeah. I always pay attention to that with the modality of the words of my clients when they say, I have to do this or I must go there or something like this. And I was like, you don't have to do anything. Yes. And I remember one of the guys whom I was uh, coaching and he was 55, 56 at that moment. And he said something and I was like, you don't have to do some, anything. And he was absolutely shocked. It was a, a, a silence for a moment. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, you don't have to. And he was like, so I can just lie on the sofa and do nothing. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and there was a complete shift in his mindset, like, uh, or the whole worldview. And it took him a couple of weeks to digest it and a couple of sessions to return to that topic. And then he was like, yeah, I actually choose to be a good parent or to exercise those actions to be a good parent. I don't have to do it. And this really changes the, the, how you live your life, how you choose the actions you choose, what kind of energy you get from them. So this is again, some other lens that you can put on and, and try it. It might be uncomfortable. Um, it might trigger some things in you, but try it yes. and, and see what happens. Uh, you know, it's always um, uh, the question of choice, your own choice and your own responsibility. Uh, for example, speaking about these three months and speaking about uh, this, uh, that you don't owe anybody anything. I came here. This is my native city. I'm not living here for like more than 10 years, you know. Because I live in Kiev, I, I come here very rarely just to see my parents. And uh, this uh, time I stayed here for three months. 
I haven't stayed uh, a lot uh, for such a long period here in Chinooksi. Uh, and uh, I meet my friends. I, I meet. Uh, I speak a lot to my parents. I met some people, some guys from my school, from my university. So I had time to analyze uh, how my uh, life uh, did. Um, uh, what uh, what evolve. life involved? Yes. So what uh, what life do I have? And how did they build their life? Guys from my school, from my university, and so on. And I see that. Nothing changed in their lives, you know. I don't want to hurt someone uh, for now. Everybody has his own choice, what life to have, what to do, what um, husband to choose, uh, what uh, work to have, and so on. But I was always choosing what is uh, prosperous for me, what is uh, involving me. Uh, so, uh, and uh, they, uh, when they meet me, they say, oh, uh, you are so cool, you are so great, you are so beautiful, so smart, and so on and so on. And I'm always uh, asking why I am. It's not me, it just was my choice to do it. It was uh, challenging, it was not uh, easy, uh, but I always wanted this life I have now. So it's always about your own responsibility. You don't owe anything to anyone. It's just your choice. If you want to success, if you want to be beautiful and smart, you will be. But uh, it's uh, going out of the comfort zone. You just mm. you, you choose. If you want, you do it. If not, okay, then not. The sense of ownership is another uh, topic of self-leadership that is huge and, and very defining of our destiny. And um, if we go back to the context of the war, I, I'm not sure I mentioned this on the podcast so far, but I have been working with a startup um, incubator, uh, which is Russia and New York based, but uh, founded by Russians. In the start of the war, I have been a leadership trainer for, for their leadership mo module in the program. Mm -hmm. And uh, 24th of February, uh, during the day, of course, I was securing what's happening with my family and my closest uh, friends. Uh, and uh, in the evening, I opened up a Zoom room uh, for the participants of the incubator. Uh, I wanted to open up that space because I honestly did not know what to do for myself. I was struggling between, okay, your country has invaded mine and I want to stop the collaboration. And on the other hand, I was like, these are the startup, startup founders. There were 16 participants in this cohort, one Ukrainian and 15 Russian founders. And I was like, if I can change something, if I can give them some value that will stop them from taking weapons going to Russia or to Ukraine from Russia, uh, or them being this active force against the political regime in Russia and so on. So there was this inner fight for me. And I opened up the room to get to talk to them and also to like give space for them to process what's happening. And... One of the things I took from my, for myself from that conversation was this difference between Ukrainians and Russians uh, mm -hmm. in the sense of ownership. When people were telling me, I don't want to go out on the streets right now because I have kids and they're taking people from the streets if you're against uh, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I thought of my dad in 2013 and people were also risking their lives. They were also risking their health. Consciously so, but they had the sense of ownership. They were like, we chose the, the, this, this president or we didn't choose him, but we choose to fight what he's doing against our uh, will because he's yeah. supposed to represent us. And now he's not doing that. And people went on the streets and it escalated. And of course, Russia was involved there, right? With the snipers uh, uh, in, in February in Kiev and so mm -hmm. on. And that was 
taken this ownership. And what they're talking about, the price, right? Every choice of ours has a price. Every step of ours has a trade-off. But again, if you are aware of that, if you accept the fact that everything is, has a trade-off and you can look at that honestly for yourself and think, okay, this trade-off, I'm ready to go for it anyways. I'm ready to pay this price. Yes. That's, then, that's then you're empowering yourself. Yeah, I say that it's always about the ownership and responsibility. The responsibility for your country, for your family, for your work, for the project you have, for your mood even. It's always your responsibility. You can just sit and cry or you can just grumble yourself and do something. Something that you can do in this situation. Or just cry. So... <laughs> And sometimes we do need those times when we, we, we need to just get our emotions, take over and so on. And I'm always saying, yeah, like, put, a, put yes. a timer on that and then just physically get out of that state. Put yes. the song or go for a walk, go meet someone because you know, like, okay, now I gave myself space to just get those emotions out, but now I need to continue living my life, yeah. not being consumed by those emotions. And that's a very important strategy or the tool to own in, in your life. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking just about leadership, you know, uh, the leader uh, always, uh, yes, uh, he has emotions, he's a human being and so on, but uh, this is the person, the top manager, the leader, of the founder of any uh, company or country. Uh, this is the person who has to, um, to take uh, the control about yourself to uh, be uh, to manage to take the control for the people, for the country, for the company and so on. So that's the leadership for me. Uh, you just uh, take control on yourself and you can take control on any situation that uh, surrounds you. There is no other leadership for, for me. Yeah. I want to talk about the leadership, like going more in the professional work of what you do, Libov, with ease. Tell us more about the uh, association before, let's, let's divide it between before the full scale invasion and after. So before the February 24th, what was ease doing and uh, how big were you? Yeah, uh, European Association of Software Engineering for now works uh, for a year and a half. And uh, we really uh, did a lot for this time. Uh, first of all, when I came to being a CEO, I um, you know, collected the team. Uh, I uh, really found my, my guys who are working with me this whole time. Uh, so first of all, we had to understand what value we can give to IT companies. Uh, for the first days, we understood from the very beginning, we understood that we want to um, represent the interests of small and uh, middle IT companies of Ukraine and Europe because uh, for me and for my team, uh, middle and small companies are the background of economic of any country. So uh, if uh, you help them to scale, if you help them to improve, to, to um, uh, get bigger and to get uh, smarter and better, uh, the economic of the country is uh, getting stronger. For me, I am PR expert. I'm good at communications. Uh, so I uh, bring all my knowledge and all knowledge of my uh, team uh, to uh, this company residents that are um, in our association. Uh, so first, we tried different form formats, something we reduced, something we scaled. Uh, we uh, do a lot of learning for these um, companies. Uh, we um, uh, do a lot of lectures, uh, masterminds, and uh, something. Uh, and uh, before the war, 
uh, we had like two or three meet, uh, meetings offline every month. Now we have it online, of course. Uh, also, we have a lot of PR for these uh, startups, for these IT companies, uh, because uh, I saw that uh, in Ukraine, I don't know about the other countries, but in Ukraine, IT companies uh, don't really appreciate PR. They don't know how to work with it. They don't know the instruments of PR. So I really see my own mission in uh, uh, engaging them in these processes and showing them how you can do a good PR and how it works for your um, clients, for your uh, orders, for your scaling, and so on. In IT sector, uh, here you have uh, some big problem. Uh, I, I think that problem number one before the war uh, in IT companies, it was that um, they always have uh, a lot of open vacancies, you know, and uh, it's always a struggle on the IT sector for the good programmers. But the good programmers, they go to work in the, in the company they know. So mm. here we come up to good PR, <laughs> to good PR of top managers and uh, uh, and so on. So uh, we do a lot of PR for our companies. Uh, we do the YouTube shows, the podcasts. We uh, started to make a documental uh, movie before the war, uh, the movie about the historical, the background of IT in Ukraine. Mm. I mean, the general, yes, and the history of IT sector in Ukraine. And we really uh, did the great interviews with the guys who uh, started the IT in general in Ukraine like 30 years ago, you know, and uh, and also the guys who are now founders of uh, world-known startups. And we really have the great material. And now uh, we will, I think, uh, we will uh, continue to work on this movie. It's just that we were planning... Uh, the premiere of the movie on September, but now we'll delay this premiere, but we will surely do it. It's our mission. So it's also PR, you know. Uh, one of our, uh, also the part of our mission, like an association, uh, to show the whole world that IT brand of Ukraine is very strong. Uh, it's a really innovative country and it has uh, great minds and it has great ideas uh, and I really want to show it like their manager, like the CEO Association. So we do a lot of uh, materials in media, in social media, in press, uh, about uh, companies that are uh, in association. Also, uh, we had uh, our uh, big uh, party, uh, IT Fuck Up Night, uh, we, uh, we call it. It's uh, just beloved format of our residents. Uh, we did it like every three months. Uh, we gathered, uh, every time we gathered like three uh, the, um, founders of very, very um, big uh, companies in IT, very famous companies, and they shared with our residents uh, with their fuck-ups, you know, and it's always interesting to listen because everybody uh, shows his success, but not everybody wants to show his fuck-ups, and it's very uh, interesting. So I'm sure that we will continue doing this. This was all before the war. Uh, when the war started, uh, well, it took uh, some time for me as the CEO to understand what value uh, we can give now in new challenges, in new reality. So, uh, but as a communicator, I always communicate. So we just go, uh, went to our residents and asked, what now, what help now do you need? And very quickly, we understand what product we can give here in wartime and what uh, value we can give. So... Uh, we started to help our IT teams uh, with relocation to the west of Ukraine, with relocation to other countries. 
uh, to um, uh, we were looking for uh, flats and houses for them and everything that they need, uh, their teams need for relocation. Uh, then we um, helped with psychological help. We uh, organized a lot of psychological consultancy for their teams. We helped with money exchange and financial uh, questions and financial operations. Uh, also, uh, we're working with the uh, Ministry of Digital Transformation here in Ukraine as association. So, uh, together with them, we organized uh, the Starlink stations and uh, we, gave, we gave the Starlink stations to the IT teams uh, for them to have stable internet. Uh, there were they were relocated in mountains, you know, in uh, Western Ukraine <laughs> and so on, <laughs> for them to, to continue working. Uh, also, uh, we continued to do a lot of lectures, and um, in a few two months, we even uh, was uh, making few offline meetups uh, in the west of Ukraine, also in Kiev, uh, where the South our president, is holding on these meetups. And even what I am uh, very proud of, uh, we managed to do uh, first, we were first in IT sector in Ukraine who made uh, offline big uh, job fair and IT conference here in Chernobsi. We had like 500 and even more guests. And uh, of course, it was very safe and we, we did all with all uh, norms that uh, was um, uh, required. But uh, it was very interesting because uh, people were coming up to me and to my team and said, oh my God, this is the first uh, day for this uh, three months when I uh, hear and see something not about the war, but about mm-hmm. something good, about IT, about business, about uh, innovations and so on. And it was really like uh, amazing, you know. So, mm-hmm. And now we continue to do all these uh, things uh, with, with, with the team. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. I interviewed Vladislav yesterday and he mentioned that um, there were four companies of the residents that had to uh, file bankruptcy or close since the full-scale invasion. Do I remember correctly? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was, uh, it was uh, some of IT companies and it was some of IT academies as well. Mm. And uh, four or even five, you know, because um, it's always uh, the, new, uh, the new number because they, they sometimes close everything. No. Uh, and when I uh, see the, um, the news and uh, the more shops in our uh, media that uh, IT it's very uh, has very good results, and it's uh, the sector that uh, always works, and so on. Blah blah blah. It, it's not like this. We also have a lot of problems, and if the government uh, doesn't look for these problems and doesn't do something, we will have disasters, uh, disaster results uh, in the end of this uh, year. Because we have to forecast and uh, think about the future. You know, we just yeah. we can't. Uh, we have some good results like January and February, but uh, it's uh, the results from the last year. And now it's very difficult to uh, make the new contracts with Europe and America uh, because uh, they say, uh, oh, I don't, I can't, I cannot uh, make the new contract because your programmers can die, your programmers can go to the war or something. So, mm. of course, we have some risks because of the war. So we have to be aware of this and our government. Mm 
and the Ministry of Digital Transformation have to be aware of this. And IT companies have to be aware of this. We cannot say that everything is perfect here, you know, because mm. it's not. I think it's important to highlight it. Uh, I've, I've seen quite some headlines about uh, Europe, European companies being interested and willing to help Ukraine and actually looking actively to uh, hire Ukrainian teams for their projects. And that's amazing. But what you're saying is it's not enough. And that's what I want to urge uh, all genius leaders studying. If you have any decision power, deciding power, uh, deciding power in your companies or in your communities, uh, bring it up. Bring our stories that Ukrainian companies are working, they are delivering according to the plans, sometimes with minor deliverables, uh, deliverable, po- like, um, postpone, postponing yes. some deliverables, but n- like the, on the bigger scale of things, uh, they, the projects are still delivered with good quality and in good time. And this is your way. One of the ways that you can actually help Ukraine right now to survive is to continue bringing in the money, but it's not, not only about the money, right? It's not only about the economic stability of the country. It's also about giving these people a reason to get up and to actually go through another day in a healthier way, to choose to bring value instead of choosing to to feel the stress, to feel the fear of, of being in the country at war and those kind of things. The, so whenever you can give a job uh, to Ukrainian um, right now, you are helping on so many different levels. And you don't have to be a big, like a part of a big company with a CEO position or a CX or whatever it is position to make this difference. I have all my team, my contractors are Ukrainians and uh, you can do it for your smaller projects, for your hobby projects or for your small company if you're a solopreneur uh, by uh, hiring subcontractors uh, and freelancers through Upwork or whatever it is from Ukraine. My team has delivered over all expectations in, in this past three months. They have been working very stably and you can see it for the podcast. They, they, if, if something goes late, it's because I have not delivered to them <laughs> on time. They are just freaking fantastic on getting their work done with a good quality as usual and doing it on time. So yeah, both, over to you. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that um, speaking about this, we uh, even um, created the site. It's uh, work to uh, combine uh, IT teams from Ukraine and uh, projects and orders uh, from uh, Europe, America, from the whole world. You know, so uh, and we have the marshal there. Uh, don't give us donations, give us work. And uh, mm-hmm. we were making the video. As all my team was uh, making the video with this mashup and uh, with this claiming, and we say, "Hello, world! We are working. Uh, the IT teams are ready to uh, deliver. They are ready to do everything proper and in time." And uh, there, in this website, is work. Uh, you can do. You can find IT teams. You can find IT programmers uh, alone. Uh, you can see the CVs there and choose uh, the guy you need or the team you need. And uh, we say that it's the best uh, help here with for for Ukraine. Uh, we cannot. It's all, also our responsibility. We cannot always say the world, "Hey, give us some donations." Because uh, we're not poor or something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can work, we can iron this money. We want to iron this money ourselves. So that's the motion. Don't give us the nation, give us work. And uh, actually, uh, we as association uh, are um, all the time we're communicating with our partners from Europe, from America, from Mexico, from any country. We say this motion and, and they say, oh, yeah, we like it very much. So. 
because, and so they start to, to 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 make contracts here with Ukrainians, and that's that's the thing I like the most. Yeah, it's very important right now, and I love the mo- motto. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep spreading it. I think it will be the <laughs> name of the today's podcast. Really, don't don't give us the nations, give us work, because it's a very important yeah. message. Yeah. So what I uh, started talking about with the residents, with the number of residents who um, had to file for bankruptcy or disappeared um, since the full-scale invasion, uh, how did that generally the war affected the number of residents, uh, maybe the demographics of it or geographics of it? You, you're saying that it, it is the European Association, right? So yeah. I guess you not only have your Ukrainian residents. Can you tell us about that? Yes, uh, actually, the good uh, trend that I see and that I like the most that uh, here in wartime, uh, we have uh, very big at- uh, attention from the Europe, uh, from the European countries, from the European funds, uh, from European IT companies. Uh, I don't know why they started to Google, okay, uh, like associations from Ukraine or European association, and they found us, they started to uh, write letters to ring the phones uh, <laughs> to say hello we want to enter your association so now we have mm-hmm. uh, geographic from Poland from Germany from Litva Latvia uh, it's not like one day uh, contract I mean it takes time to communicate with them to explain what value they can uh, get here and so on but we're doing this and uh, this what makes me really happy because I see that Everything that my team and I did for last uh, year and a half, it's uh, everything um, brings its results now. And um, now we are really communicating uh, not only with the Ukrainian mass media and uh, making PR here, we are making PR and communicating with the whole world and we are showing the real picture of IT sector here to the whole world. It is very uh, important to speak to them. It's very important to communicate and to say the real picture. I always say uh, we don't have to lie that everything is perfect here. No, it's mm-hmm. not. Really, uh, some IT companies are closing. Really, some bankrupt. Really, something uh, happens. We have the war. Hello. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but, but we are working. Uh, we have the stable internet. We have Starlinks here. Uh, we have uh, guys uh, that are still working and will always work uh, no matter the circumstances, you know, because we are the nation of strong guys. So this is picture that we uh, that, that we want to show. Yeah, it's it's amazing to hear that there is more interest right now and there. Yeah. This war, as horrible as it is, it, uh, it's opening some doors for for the future that we can actually build more integrated IT communities and society uh, across European borders. So this is the one of the positive things that we can look at. Uh, you know, it was one of my posts in uh, like in uh, social media that uh, speaking about the war, I'm dying inside as a person about what, what's happening uh, in my country now, but I'm applauding, you know, as a PR manager for the brand of Ukraine that we have now in the world. and uh, But uh, we have to do uh, the PR strategy systematically, the PR strategy mm-hmm. of the country, because it was like chaos all these years. And uh, now, yes, the whole world, now our uh, human, I uh, forgot how to say, uh, the, uh, the whole world uh, knows the colors of our flag, the whole world knows our mm-hmm. geographical position. It's great for the PR brand of the country, but uh, we have to continue this PR strategy after the war, after uh, our uh, winning. It's also a very important thing. 
So uh, tapping onto that, I, I think it could be interesting for our listeners and viewers to learn more about the Ministry of Digital Transformation. I, I get this reaction quite often, like, is that even a thing? Is it official? Is it really in the government? Do you have something like this? And again, it, like, it shows a bit that people think that we're living in the Stone Age sometimes. But yeah, we do have that. And it's a very progressive <laughs> you know, way of, of running things on a government level. And you're collaborating with them. Can you tell us more about that ministry and what they do and how you're working together right now? Uh, yes, you know, uh, if uh, being honest, it's uh, because it's not the only uh, ministry that we're working as association with, uh, and other ministers are always to work and collaborate. But I, I will be honest if I say this is the only one ministry that I can really uh, and hopefully collaborate with because uh, they are they are young, they are uh, immediate, uh, they are. Uh, you don't have to, um, there are no bureaucracy, you know, mm. and this is the best about them because I can just write in Telegram or any other chats, say, hello, I need this and that. And, and they say, okay, hi, um, for, for example, I will, I will do, I will, uh, give, uh, you, uh, no, give something that you need. And, and, uh, um, uh, the interesting thing about them, they are very, very young uh, team. Uh, young, I mean, uh, the age and young, I mean, the years that it's only few years that we have this ministry in the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, they already, uh, and for, uh, sorry, for, for my side, they are uh, the most effective now. And, uh, they showed it even the, in the wartime. They are the only ministry that can really work with the PR instruments. They really communicate with, uh, the country. They communicate with IT sector here. They communicate with the IT leaders and innovative leaders uh, in the world. The minister, uh, Mikhail Todorov, he, uh, he, he speaks now to the whole world. He goes to every country. He speaks to Elon Musk. He speaks to Apple, to, to PayPal, to, to, to anybody. So and they really did a lot to uh, bring all these services here in Ukraine. We didn't have PayPal, for example, here or mm-hmm. buying now we do, and uh, it's uh, their results. So they are good guys uh, in this. And uh, speaking also, uh, they had a very small, small team, you know, like few, few guys there, but they really do a big result. It's example when someone wants to do something, he will do it. Someone not, he will, uh, you know, uh, looking for circumstances uh, not to do this. Speaking about our collaboration, really, um, in uh, the First days of work, uh, we had to this uh, general call uh, with all associations and with the Ministry of Digital Transformation, and they uh, helped us with the Starlink stations. Uh, also, uh, we were talking about how to uh, how we can um, uh, solve the question about mobilization of IT uh, programmers because it's a really big problem, but uh, we don't have it in our. Zakona, I forgot. Uh, loss. Yeah, in our loss of country, we don't have uh, this uh, loss. Uh, how to uh, not to mobilize, m- m- mobilize some, for example, IT program. You don't have this in the law. So, but uh, still, we managed to do something here uh, also with the Ministry of Digital Transformation. And, uh, and uh, they uh, now they are they went to Davos and they went to this international conferences. Uh, with the whole team, and they all the time uh, go to the world and say uh, the picture that IT sector is still working, IT sector is available for you to make your orders, and so that our Ukraine 
uh, is uh, already thinking about the plan after after we win. It's all, uh, also very important. And I think that Minister of Digital Transformation, they were uh, the first ministry who really showed this strategy uh, to us, to our sector and to the world, what the plan we have after the war. It's all, uh, also very important. It's, it's great to know that this, these teams exist and, and yes. they now penetrate the government institutions as well. And that's really changing. We, we are seeing the shift, the huge shift right now in, in all sectors, including the public yes. sector. Lubov, I think one more uh, area or area I would like to go into is the PR. As you mentioned, Ukrainian IT companies are struggling with it. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to use the tools of PR. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of startup founders who are listening to this now uh, abroad, they also think like, hmm, we don't have any PR strategies to PR manager in our company. Did we really need it? Or so can you sell us on this idea and explain a bit like, okay, what could be the first steps of a, a tech startup to start working with PR? Uh, yeah. One word I will say that uh, IT uh, top managers and founders will understand. It's a strong HR brand of the company. Uh, that's what they all need, but uh, they don't understand that uh, HR brand of the company, it's not the HR manager who does it. It's PR manager or brand manager of the company who does it. Also, we live now a very important thing I want to everybody to hear, and now we live in era of personal brands. So, if uh, you want to make your company famous, you have to um, make your founder or your CEO or your top manager famous. Because uh, at the moment, people uh, buy something from people, not from company. Uh, everybody wants to understand who is standing behind this big project, who is standing behind this big IT company, who did all this, who gathered all this team and uh, made all this project and this startup and involved with millions of uh, dollars and so on. So um, there are a lot of instruments in PR, but first of all, you have to uh, start with positioning, positioning of your product, positioning positioning of your company or you as a personal brand. It must be something one. You can be everything because uh, there is only one thing that people want to associ uh, associate you with. For example, the work Machalova PR expert, yes, or the work Machalova CEO of ease, something one, only one thing that they will uh, recall when they recall mm -hmm. with you. If you say that you are everything, then uh, it's uh, getting mess in the person's mind. And you say, okay, I don't understand what that is. Because uh, people nowadays, they have really a lot of information surrounding them, a lot of news, a lot of brands, a lot of PR, and so, so on. So you have really to um, do a big job for your brand of the company or for your personal brand for them to really uh, know you to recall you when, for example, uh, they have association. For example, Space, Elon Musk, yes? It's the best um, example of personal brand, yes? But he really involved in his PR and he's really, uh, everybody wants to be Elon Musk, but uh, nobody wants to make <laughs> to make interviews, no, uh, to uh, make this communication with uh, media, with press, uh, going to TV, going to podcast, uh, to find time in your schedule, everyday schedule to do these things, you know. I always say to my clients when I uh, do the uh, con con consultancy to them, 
I always say, for example, you have from the very first days of your PR work on the company or on your personal brand, from the very first, uh, from the very beginning, you, you must uh, understand that your schedule, your day schedule will uh, have some PR uh, work from from today till the end of your life. Because if you're not ready for this, then don't start this work mm. because PR must be stable. It must be like everyday work. Uh, today you do the post in your social media, tomorrow you go to TV, uh, next day you go to the podcast, next day you go to the conference, and it's all the time work. So if you are not ready for this, then don't start because uh, it's better not to do anything than to do it like not stay. Consistency is key, right, in this uh, Yes. 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 And I, I have seen sto- uh, examples of the companies in Britain, for example, where the founder stepped down from the CEO role because that is too draining for them or things like leading a team is too much for them. Uh, and especially if we talk about the t- tech industry, quite a lot of these guys, they are very introverted. And I've seen guys uh, because that's the typical CEO fo- uh, uh, or founder of a tech company, right? But it can be a girl as well. But a lot of those people are introverted. They, their zone of genius is in sitting in the dark corner and coding and not t- being touched by other people for, for days in a row. And um, it, it really exhausts. And that's the thing. I think it's very important that you actually set this expectation. Like this has to be part of your job. You need to accept it. And if not, maybe the CEO role is not the best for you, or you have to have a very strong team that actually are the face of the company and are the brand of the company. And like, I know some companies as well where they have several CEO positions, actually two or three, and they each have their specialization. So one is more working with the people. So internally, one is working more on strategic level, but they all have the CEO role. So there are different ways of doing it. And I just want to emphasize it so that people understand that it's not one way and that's it. You need to find your way. You need to explore what is there, uh, historically what what other companies have done and if you don't feel comfortable with that try to get trainings from from people like you both for example with pr strategies and tools and find your way and if that's absolutely not acceptable for you either there are other ways of organizing your company and finding your role within it so that you actually can continue doing what you're best at but uh, still helping your company to succeed Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Every company, I always say, it, it doesn't always have to be uh, like founder or CEO or a specific guy or a specific position. No, it can be anybody. It can be HR director, PR director, marketing director, any any guy. Uh, you, I always say in your team, uh, in every company, you have to decide who will be the communication person in your team. Find this person, find this guy or a girl who likes this, likes speaking to people, like going out, uh, broadcasting the position of the company and use this person for your HR brand. Because I don't know uh, how you can uh, now, uh, nowadays today, how can you uh, make the company famous if uh, you don't show the team? Everybody wants now uh, to understand who is working in this uh, team. Even if you uh, make the pitch deck, pitch, uh, you're pitching your startup to the investors, you always show the slide with the team now. If you don't uh, show the guys who work in the startup, nobody will give you money because they don't understand whom they will <laughs> give their money. That's a very important idea. Yeah. And even more so, I'll interrupt you here for a moment. Yeah. More and more investors are actually saying we invest in team first, idea second. 
So they yes. first look at who is working on that. Do we believe that these guys will pull through whatever they want? Then, like, okay, we believe in that. What do they want to pull through? And that's actually also very important to like yes, show up you in know, a pitch. You know, like we say, uh, you uh, idea costs one dollar, and uh, to perform the idea costs one hundred dollars, something like this. So if you don't have the team, you will not perform any idea in uh, your project. And, you know, speaking about the PR, everybody wants these benefits. Everybody wants to hire good, qualified people like this. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants good clients coming with the money without any problems and buying your product. But nobody wants to make the outcoming flow, like I say, like PR. So <laughs> yeah, you have to decide what, what really want. And it can look differently, actually. I'll just uh, took my own horn here a bit uh, for a moment. For, in the spring, I actually had one client uh, startup, uh, very respected uh, startup in Icelandic tech scene, who reached out to me because they realized that they're very good at promoting their product, their uh, software as a service uh, company, but they're not talking that much and not promoting themselves as a company and their culture. And in fact, they have built an amazing company. And I'm talking about them now and have goosebumps because I absolutely loved working with them. So they reached out to me because I already interviewed their founder. I knew the story. I've been following them for over a year, been actively promoting them, pitching them on the other podcasts in my network and stuff like that, because I really liked what they have built and I wanted to more the world to know about that. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, okay, it's natural that Anna will do this work for us. And uh, I've done a series of interviews. I've done a company-wide survey there to really collect those bits and pieces. And then I created a several pieces of article that we'll be publishing in a uh, very uh, close future. And we created with my team a, a library of over 120 short videos of different faces of the company talking about the culture. And I was so happy watching these videos in the end because I felt like we did capture the magic because they have created yes. something amazing and they got blind. Like, you know, in, in Swedish, you say home blind. I don't know whether English, uh, like English uh, has this expression, but you basically don't see what you have, right? Because you're just living through it every day. And they have amazing company. People are really looking forward to coming to work on, on Mondays. They're all living through the values of the company. And for them, it's normal. But when I started like sitting down with them and asking them about those things, they are like, okay, they have changed my life. I, I didn't know that you can work this way. I uh, didn't know that, or I have never experienced a company that actually cares this much. And, uh, you know, those things that they said, like it, they have raised my plank or my expectations of myself and of the others, of the collaboration of the company. And that's amazing to, to, to see. So you see, like I'm by no means a PR or HR person. I'm, I, I am in leadership and personal development, but they thought that I was the right person for them to capture this magic that they have created and show their brand, showcase what they have created as a culture and as this team spirit and the values and how they live that through. So it's all like, it's all possible. It's all there. So I just want to say that uh, if you're sitting there now listening to us with your both and thinking like, this is something I should really be doing, start thinking like, do you have some brand ambassador? Maybe it's some person within your company who is good at telling stories and who absolutely loves what you do and how you've built it. 
or maybe you, there is someone in your network who knows what you do. It could be someone from the investor uh, team, for example, if you, you're VC-backed or whatever, uh, some angel investor. Uh, it can be some specialist whom, with whom you interacted with, like, like with the both through associations, through some events. Think about who could be this uh, person who knows enough or who asks the right kind of questions who can help you pull out those things that are your company magic that you have created and can actually help weave it in a story that uh, can promote you in the world. Uh, you are absolutely right. Uh, I always say that uh, the best PR manager is the person who loves this company. You really have to love it because you broadcasting this love to the whole world. And uh, or love this personal brand, love this person, uh, understand his mission, uh, his values, and share it, and so on. Uh, this is this is what you did. Uh, you are a peer manager. <laughs> good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, good to know that I have a backup <laughs> career there. <laughs> All right, Libor. We touched a lot of topics, and I think it's uh, very valuable for our listeners to uh, to cover them, um, I want to wrap up with the question of what do you want our listeners to take with them about Ukraine, about particularly Ukrainian IT sector or the war that is going on? Maybe some action, maybe something that they should remember from this conversation that you really want them to maybe keep spreading the word about or take an action on. I will uh, say, for example, uh, about a little about my uh, these three months. I uh, really used this months uh, to make a lot of things for myself. I uh, started to think uh, what uh, what I, re- I always wanted to do, but never had time for this, yes? And I uh, really created my PR course uh, during this uh, three months. I never had time for this, and I was always thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> now I really created this. I uh, saved my uh, project, I saved my team, and uh, we even uh, started to give more value to the residents uh, in our association even more than we had uh, before the war. So uh, my motto is uh, in any situation, you can uh, get uh, useful uh, things and you can uh, get some benefits. Maybe it sounds crazy, but I really have in my life some benefits from these three months because I created these benefits uh, by my own, by myself. It was my decision, it was my responsibility not to sit and cry. Uh, not to um, disappoint my family or disappoint my team. I had no choice. I had to be a leader, and especially in the war time. So I had very few uh, few time to get uh, get uh, in control, and then to get in control the whole team and the whole project. So uh, this is my uh, wish to everybody who uh, see us uh, that uh, yes, here in Ukraine in IT sector, in any other sector, we are really strong, we are really uh, brave, and uh, we can do a lot of things in any situation. Uh, and I want you just to hear this, that uh, in any situation, in any circumstances that you are, you always can uh, be a winner. Uh, you always can, can have can find some benefits. And uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, when, uh, for example, what can worser or what can more be dreadful than the war nothing yes but uh, at the end of these three months when i look back i i look like oh my god how, how many things we did how many great things we did so this is my message in any circumstances be a leader be a winner and it is always possible thank you so much Shibof. i think it's a very important message and it's really not about 
choosing to have war to find these benefits. It's more about taking control and ownership, what we've touched on on several levels uh, in this conversation in several moments. It's really about taking ownership of your life and not being defined by your circumstances, but actually choosing and how to react and, and thus how to build your life and how to create influence and purpose uh, in with your life and your time on this planet. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation, Above, I uh, really appreciate your time and your sharing so openly. And uh, I wish all the best to you and the East and all the residents of you. And I hope uh, to see a bigger growth of it and, and great collaborations coming out of the uh, association's work. Uh, thank you very much. I wanted to say that you're doing a great job and uh, it was you that found us and uh, asked for the interview. It's very appreciable and uh, you're doing a great thing because uh, we can uh, be uh, heard and we can be seen in uh, Iceland and Sweden and other countries and all your networkers can see and hear our emotions and our messages. It's very important. Thank you very much and take care. Yeah, thank you so much. I, as as we discussed, everyone does what, what they can, right? And we all yes. have our role in this war. And uh, this platform that I've been building for over a year, I'm more than happy to use it to bring Ukrainian voices uh, here and and get the world to hear it through through the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, you know how much I appreciate you, every genius leader. And talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 